Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Mastery Performance Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Zachary Smith. I'm CEO and co-founder of Mastery Performance Consulting. We have a special guest today, but before I introduce her, I will introduce yet again, Ashley and Maddie. Ashley, our lead consultant and also co-founder, and Maddie, one of our consultants that we brought on today. We have Ashley's mom, Karen Raleigh, on the podcast today. She's going to be giving her experience and from her lens, what Ashley's experience was like and what she wishes could have gone better, maybe things she could have done better. It's going to be a fantastic episode. A lot of the parent perspective on this one. Um, so let's jump right into it. So Ashley, from your perspective, you know, coming in as a sports psychologist, going through the field, reflecting on your own experience in episode one, you were made a big effort to bring Karen on. Kind of tell me why and what what led you to wanting Karen on the podcast today? Yeah, well, I think in sports psychology, there's a lot of players involved. There's the athlete, there's a coach. And I think the piece that's usually missing a lot in terms of the education or just the awareness is the parents. And I think the parents are also missing too in terms of who's considered a part of the team. There's this debate in sports psychology of like, is the sport a part of, or sorry, is the coach a part of the team? Or are they the coach? And then there's also this debate of is the parent or the parents part of that culture, that team as well? And I would say yes. So I think to exclude them is naive. And I also think that the parents are really heavily affected by the athlete's experience because they're the ones going home with the athletes after every game, after every practice. They're the ones that have to deal with the aftermath of the great games and the aftermath of the not so great games. And I think parents can play a huge role on the athlete's experience as well. And there's parents that do a great job and parents who could learn a thing or two on how to be more effective on how they handle their athlete in those moments. So what I wanted to get from this podcast is one parents to see if you're like my mom and you had these same feelings or emotions or experiences while you were at watching your athlete thrive or struggle and also just to give parents tips about, okay, if I have an athlete who's similar to Ashley, like what can I do? What are some tips that I can do to be the most supportive parent to make sure that they're having a good experience and ultimately performing at their best? I was not performing well because of my mental game and there was no education for me. There was no education for coaches and there was no education for parents. So that's why I wanted to do this today to help athletes and help parents. Yeah, so along that vein, you mentioned uh, the car ride home, right? And as <laughs> as uh, all of us have talked about probably several times, the the thing that athletes have reported even dreading most is that car ride home in their performances. I know we've talked about that in coaching workshops before. So, Karen, I'm going to point it over to you for a second. Um, Instead of let's starting off on like the negative side, let's go back to like the positive. So when was there um, a positive experience that you think Ashley was having? Um, maybe it was before all the negative, maybe it was after that. From your perspective on why you think that she had a good experience in at that time? Yeah, I mean, I think she always had a good experience when she played well, right? when she made a difference, when she contributed, whether it was, you know, she was a sophomore in high school going in and they were up 30. So they let, you know, the upcoming people play, but she got to do things, right? She loved it. Um, or when she had a good game, I remember, um, senior night, her senior year, um, she, they played a, a local team um she knew one of the other players very well um who was very good better than ashley um but ashley guarded her the best i'd ever seen her play and it was kind of like going out with a bang you know and i think as i look back i was i was thinking about it today i look back and i think all the stress was gone it was senior night things were almost over right there was nothing else to prove and so I, you know, those were the fun times when she did well, um, you know, when the team did well, it was, it was okay. But even at times when the team won, um, 
you know, when Ashley didn't contribute, that's when it wasn't, wasn't fun ride home. Let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about the car ride home in a, in a little bit, but you mentioned something key to me in there and, and Maddie, feel free to jump in if I, mm -hmm. if you hear something that's like, oh yes, I want to talk mm -hmm. about that. Okay. Um, but you said the stress was gone. And I'm just curious, kind of like, what do you mean by stress and like where you thought the stress came from? Um, so what I meant by it being gone is because it was near the end of the season, right? Senior night's the last home game, right, of the season. Um, we knew that they were going, you know, to the, to the tournament, but it, they weren't going to win, right? Um, and so I think the stress of like, this is almost over, kind of took over um, with, for her, um, you know, I think the stress, you know, she, she mentioned it in, in the podcast about, um, the, the nurturing, right. When she was coming up and learning, she was eager and, and I could see it in her play, right. Um, she hadn't gotten to that point where she felt she was, you know, um, a star, right. She, she knew she was still learning, but at, but, uh, and I'll tell a quick story if it's okay. Um, at the end of her sophomore year, um, the very last game of the season, um, it was during the, the playoffs and we were losing to the team that ended up winning state and, um, you know, they were down by, I don't know, 30, 40 points. Doesn't matter. The coach put in a set of five players. And the talk amongst the players and even some of the parents was that's next year's starting five. Mm. And that was Ashley. Ashley was on the court. So it was very exciting. It's like, did you hear this? And she heard this and it was so exciting. And, you know, she worked and went to camps and, and did everything she was supposed to do, you know, to try and get that position. And then again, when it didn't happen, it was like, crushing you know and as a parent you know you 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 don't want your child to be upset you want them mm -hmm. to be happy right and everything that they do um and it's hard because you have no ability to change the coach your only avenue is to try and change the player mm -hmm. um and i think that's where you know we went and okay, let she's got to be better. So let's go get, you know, let's send her to a personal trainer, right? Maybe it's her strength. Maybe it's her conditioning. Maybe she's not jumping high enough. Okay. Spend the money and let's go send her to a personal trainer. Had I known about this and about sports psychology, I would have not spent the money. Maybe some spent the money on a personal trainer, but I would have signed up for sports psychology in a heartbeat. Because I do think, and I think that's what most of our car ride homes were about, was about what was going on in her head. Like, why? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you? Do why are you letting it get to you? Right? Because I could see it. I wasn't. You know, I could see that it was happening. She always had natural, natural talent, and she'd go out there, and I'd be like, "Where is my child? That is not my child playing on the court. That is somebody else. It's in her head." And I never understood it until Ashley started taking psychology classes. I never got it, you know, hmm. like why it was in her head. And had I known about that, I think I, I could have had the right tools to help her, whether it would have gotten her to a better place. I don't know, but you know, I, I as a parent, you want to do everything you possibly can to give them every opportunity to succeed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and you know, I would have tried anything at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to say one point. That's a good point where it's like your only vessel as a parent is through the athlete. Mm -hmm. I like debate about this because I do think that there are few parents who ruin it for everybody. So like for a coach to open up and say, parents open door policy, like mm -hmm. that's going to be something bad's going to happen. <laughs> but I do think that, again, to take the parent out of the equation, when maybe the parent can be a more effective communicator than the athlete, because as we'll dive into here, like I was a kid, how talking to my coach was like the most nerve wracking thing I could 
possibly think of doing, which is what my parents were trying to tell me to do sometimes is like, go talk to them. And I was like, I don't want to. And then my parents were like, why? And I couldn't articulate why. It was just like, I don't want to. Like, it's scary. Or you felt like there was repercussions for asking about playing time or asking about anything. So it's like, I don't want to make them mad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I hope to get out of this podcast today is like, parents, how can you be a way to help your athletes effectively communicate with a coach? Mm-hmm. And maybe the parents can be involved in that because it's an adult to an adult. I was just going to ask, would you have wanted to go to sessions with her or wanted to do sports psych sessions yourself? Um, yeah. Once I knew, you know, um, what some of the tools would be right. Um, I think it would be helpful to, uh, reinforce what a consultant would tell Ashley, whether, you know, if there was tips for the parent, right? Like, these five things, like tell them to communicate, tell them, you know, to put that armor on, um, you know, whatever it may be, right? What are the things that that we can help reinforce, you know, to say, well, when this happened, maybe try this, you know, and I, 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 I do think, you know, for athletes, you know, youth athletes that are working, you know, that have their parents still as part of the part of the process, um, it's good to, you know, have that communication. I think it depends on your relationship with your parents too, right? Um, I've always felt like we've been able to talk about anything, but, you know, I think Ashley felt that there would be repercussions from us, you know, um, and 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 that is a reflection of, of me kind of going after her. <laughs> you know, you gotta do this. Uh, you're so much better than this. Um, you know, and, and I do think, you know, there were some things that, again, reinforcing some of the things that that she could have done, the things that were in her control, mm-hmm. right, versus the things that weren't. And if I could help do that, you know, it's just another support mechanism. If she hears it from me, she's, you know, she's like, okay, if she's not going to do it herself, maybe she hears me in her head saying, do this, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm such a yeah. s- proud sports psych daughter because that's exactly what <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would have wanted. We'll get into mm-hmm. it, but that's literally she said it per- perfectly as if I were working with a parent. That's exactly what I would want them to say. So mm-hmm. it's funny because like her and I talk about this stuff all the time now. So it's cool to hear what she's learned from like my education too. It's interesting to when you hear professional coaches or or other coaches speak about things you pick up on things you know um uh, you know you'll hear a coach going well it's all mental and i i never knew what that meant you know um and now i get it it's kind of like oh duh that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) you know um it's just it makes you appreciate and you can you can see other things in the world you know and and it transfers not just um, into sports, you know, it's, it's, um, I can see some of this stuff as a, um, you know, as a professional in the business world, right. Mm -hmm. Similar, very, very similar concepts and why I didn't apply them to my own child. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Context matters and context is actually hard to, if you're out of the context, getting like to like bring your mind to be in the context, like you were just saying, like, uh, yeah, every, you hear things so many times where it's like it it doesn't stick anymore. And that's especially true from parents. Like Ashley could have heard instruction after instruction mm-hmm. after instruction, but eventually instructions mean less. And your brain just does that natural thing where it pushes them out of the way. Um, so I, I do, I can understand where like you would want, if if anything, if they hold on to anything that you say, it's reflective and like helpful to how they perform mm-hmm. better and stuff. Um, so I, Ashley's probably a proud, proud sports psychologist right now because that's <laughs> that's exactly true. Mm-hmm. Um, Maddie, do you have anything to add from that? Oh gosh, I did write down like a couple of different <laughs> notes, and I know that we'll like get into it, but like what Karen was just saying, she's almost like an extension of that sports psychology professional. So like, if parents were to sit in on those sessions and like learn for themselves, go through it with their athletes and just figure out what their athletes need. They kind of become an extension and 
a visual or even verbal cue because you know we've all been in sports we all know that they get crazy stressful and things kind of go all over the place so it's like even just having a quick verbal cue from a parent like if you're out of your mind at the moment or like even just your parent being there and being like oh yeah breathe i need to relax and like getting back into your zone i think that's wildly beneficial to the athletes and even to the parents because like some can be a stressful visual cue but like if the athlete and the parent have had that communication on like what they need it can kind of like relax that a little bit and make it more of a benefit rather than something that's more stressful for them very true very true maddie you brought up a good point and i was going to go somewhere else but i just like it so we're going to go this way you brought up zone and i want to uh, give i want to give ashley a time to talk about what her ideal zone might have been because we know what we all know what the the sports psychology principle is but let's educate the audience and and ask ashley how, what did you need to perform well uh, emotionally in your thoughts and then when it came to the pre-performance and the post-performance yeah i mean as we mentioned in the first episode varsity was in my mind mom i think you could agree that like varsity was when things really like hit the fan in terms of like my level of performance when i was on jv i did great like the the real me came out i was able to show what i was capable of but varsity ruined that for me and i think there was a lot of things going on i think i was nervous i was uncertain of playing time uh, so therefore, I was also worried about mistakes, like, oh, I have to be perfect and stay so I can stay in, like, I can't mess up. So I think what I needed was that anger, um, anger, I played best when I was like, mad and kind of had this like swag to me, or this like, aggression towards the other person. And do you know why? Because I was good on defense. So remember in the first podcast episode, it's like, okay, I should have been focusing on my strength of defense. Like, who cares if I wasn't scoring? In my head, I thought I had to get points to be considered worthy of performance. If I would have just been a really good defender, which I already was, and focus on that, I think I would have been in my zone, like focusing on my strengths, that angry, aggressive Ashley. But I, I think what I also needed was just like, if things were going rocky or I was frustrated about something, I needed to get to like reset, focus on defense, focus on defense, focus on defense, box out to get rebounds. You know, like I just needed to remind myself what was in my control really. Cause I felt very out of control of my, my surroundings. I felt out of control of my playing time. I felt out of control with my teammates cause they weren't necessarily passing me the ball all the time. Like we weren't working together. So I think that's what I needed. What about in post? So after the game's over, after you've gone through this experience, what did you what did you need? And then we'll go over to Karen to see what she saw or thought you needed. Are we talking about the car ride home? <laughs> We're talking about the car ride home. Okay. <laughs> Here's what happened, truly. I was so angry because I felt so out of control and I didn't want to talk about it because I was just ticked but my parents wanted to talk about it like what's going on what's wrong this is what these like this is what we need to do to like make things better but I didn't want to talk about it and I think me not talking about it made things worse because as things got worse throughout that season and there's a lot of stories we can tell about how that got worse our conversations became more if you just would do this this could like the 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 mm -hmm. anger got more between both of us so it's not just my parents fault like we were both angry instead of being angry at coach we were angry at each other when we should have been going to talk to coach or figuring like we should have been working together but we were just both so angry about the uncontrollables mm -hmm. so what i needed at the time was to not talk about it like i think one tool that i teach a lot of my athletes now that i think would be good is like let's not talk about it tonight let's talk about it tomorrow when the emotions are done tonight, can we just like not think about it because it was already crappy. And then tomorrow let's like, when we're calm, cool, collected, talk about like what went well, what didn't go well, should I talk to coach? What are some things we can do to improve next time? So I think to answer your question is I just needed to not talk about it, but I don't necessarily know if that's always the, I shouldn't have let it 
stay inside either. Mm-hmm. Like I, I need you need to have that next morning conversation. You can't just like pretend nothing's going wrong. It it is almost kind of bringing you your yourself back down. Like you talked about what you would have needed in a bad situation. So your emotions just kept going up in the car ride home or or when you got home or whatever it was. And then, but what you needed was that kind of reset. And then you can let your emotions go back up. You can, because you can work in here, but after that, you're just blind anger and you don't know what's coming out of your mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, then just to add one more thing, like, I think what I was feeling in that moment was like, oh, my parents are mad at me too. So I felt like I was losing on the court and then losing at home because my parents were frustrated that like I wasn't standing up for myself or I wasn't performing like Ashley. What I thought that meant at the time was they're mad that I'm not performing well. But the reality now is that they were mad that something was blocking me and that my potential wasn't coming out. So that's where communication between athlete and parent can be helpful of like, I'm not mad that you didn't perform well. I'm mad that this situation is so stressful for you. Yeah, like we both weren't effectively communicating. Mm -hmm. And I was a teenager. Like, I didn't (laughs) even know what that meant. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, Yeah, truly. You know, so it's like to put, like sometimes when I'm telling my athletes to communicate with their parents, I'm like, I'm telling a 15-year-old to do this. Like, that's hard. So, Karen, um, I guess... Now is a time for you to be able to say what you wish you would have said. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I wanted her to have her dream, right? She wanted to play. As I said before, I would have done anything. And so part of part of what was so frustrating for me, and it gets back to communication, is what was really going on. The relationship with the coach was not great. You know, it, it is what it is. Um, she had other great coaches that took her out of games mm-hmm. that yelled at her. Right. And, and, you know, there were coaches that yelled at her because they were like me, they knew she could do better. Right. And they, they were trying to get her, whether that was their style was right or wrong, whatever. It was all about trying to make her f- understand I was always of the mindset of just play your game, right? Mm -hmm. Play the game, you know, versus, you know, if they're telling you, you can't take a three pointer, I'm saying, screw that. (laughs) Take the three pointer. (laughs) (laughs) I know you can drop them. You did it time after time after time. Right. Um, but, but, you know, she was too afraid because of the consequences. Right. So again, it just gets back to, not understanding what was really going on. And and again, I wasn't in practice. I wasn't in the locker room. You know, I, I didn't see everything that went on other than the play on the court, right, during a game or the conversation before or after, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't, I, so everything I got was from her perspective, had a, a conversation with a coach, potentially could have given me a different perspective. And I think it is difficult, you know, I, I, I can understand why a coach would be, you know, leery of inviting, you know, kind of an open door policy mm-hmm. because you're going to get everything right. But, you know, I think it's it, depending on the age of the athlete, some of that might be appropriate. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right. Um, because, you know, there may be things that, that she was really doing wrong looking, you know, you always think your child is better than everybody else, right? They're your child, of course, she's the best. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I, I could, I could see people that were better, right? I could see people that were worse. Um, I knew enough about the game to know what a good player was. Um, so it was, it was just very, very frustrating to not crack that nut. You know, to say what was the trick, right? All the talent was there, you know, and it and it came out in frustration. Um, yeah. And you know, the other thing is, the poor kid would come home from a game. It'd be nine thirty, ten o'clock, and she still had homework to do, <laughs> and we're still having the car ride at the kitchen table. You know, <laughs> poor thing. Um, <laughs> just you know, and again, 
you need tools. I, it, I, it just boggles my mind that I haven't, didn't fall back on my own professional as a manager of people. And I, I had the, some of the tools, not all of them, mm. but some of them, and I just didn't use them. I'm like, what, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I just that's... didn't have, I just didn't, it didn't connect for me. Right. Yeah. Like it does now. Yeah. Um, have, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Um, but uh, ha- had I had some of those tools or understood the connection to some of the things I did every day as a manager, mm-hmm. things would have been different, right? Yeah, it's like if I just would have said it this way. Like right. I was trying to say this and right. I said it that way right. 400,000 times and right. I should have just tried Anything. it this way once. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. I know. Exactly. Was there a time, because so anecdotally for me, my parents kind of did the sim- a similar thing in the term, in the realm of like, go talk to coach and that whole scary situation. Uh, I was 12, so a little bit younger than Ash was, but my dad always said, though, in those situations that he wanted me to go talk to coach because I had to stand up for myself. I had to do it on my own, et cetera, et cetera. Knowing what you do now, would you think that it would be a good idea that both of you go together to give her a little bit of support? Or would you have done something differently in that regard? No, I was trying to teach her to to, to stand up for herself, right? Um, and, and take matters into her own hands. Cause it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, if the parents come, right. Cause it's just so it's not done, right. The parents typically don't talk to them. And, and I do remember, I don't know if she'll remember, but I do remember kind of debating what to say with her to the coach. And I, I did connect a little bit to my professional life where I said, you know, I didn't, tell her to like go in and say, I want more playing time. I said, what do I need to do? Right. And so I tried a little bit of that, but I, I think at some point because those mental barriers were up, it was just going in, in one ear and out the other. Right. Yeah. Because in that first episode, she said, uh, my, my guards, not passing to me. Uh, I want. I want more points. Give me more playing time. <laughs> so well, it seems not that, that. not aggressively, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't frame it right either. And I just want to add to what my mom is saying. What she said earlier was like, "What? What was it? What about this situation was causing her that stress? Mm-hmm. It was the relationship with with the coach. Now, why that relationship was negative, I could probably." figure it out at some point. I I don't really know, but it wasn't good. I was extremely afraid of her, both Mm. of them, because of the varsity context again. It's like, I can't make them mad because they'll take me out of the varsity game. Like, Mm. they had more power than other coaches did in my head. Like, my younger aged coaches, one, I got along with really well. So if I was struggling, I felt like I could go talk to them. And two, I don't know what happened with varsity, but it's like playing time and how many minutes I got mattered a lot more to me than it did at a younger age. Like if I got taken out, it was fine. I knew because they were trying to tell me what I did wrong so I can go back in and I, I, here's it. I trust that I would go back in. If a coach Mm -hmm. took me out at a younger age, the ones I had a good relationship with, Mm -hmm. I knew I would go back in once we talked. With these coaches, I didn't feel, I felt like if I got taken out, that was it. And it kind of was. Like, I would sit out for the whole half at that point. So, Ashley, do you remember, um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to compare and contrast. So, when you were in junior high, you had coaches that, you know, when they took you out, they would take you over to the side and talk to you, right? Um, I don't think I ever saw that in high school, except... For the sophomore coach, when when he sat on the bench with you guys at varsity, because you were one of those six and seven, you know, going in and out, you would sit right next to him and he would talk to you, right? And I think that, you know, that was a good thing. I think that gets back to your guys' points about the communication. It's like, just tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, I can learn. I'm not stupid. I know how to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, you know, I always like seeing the coaches talk to you. Um, but I never saw that, you know, and again, I think 
say what you will. I mean, it was years ago, coaches come and go. For someone that's trying to learn this, I think it's good to say how the, like you said, how the other side, you know, interprets. It doesn't mean that's what you're trying to portray, but that's how you interpreted it, right? Right. Um, and it just, it. we've had this conversation about just everyday life, about someone says something, someone interprets it one way, someone else would interpret it a different way. Right. So, And I think that's the key point is that I do wish the coaches just would have said something. Like, mm-hmm. again, this isn't to like bash coaches or to say that they need to be perfect. The point is just like your athletes need communication. They need validation. They need understanding of why they are playing or why they're not so that they feel in control of their playing time. Okay. I'm not doing this. Therefore I'm not playing or I am doing this. That means I should be playing. Like it just makes things a lot clearer. And when you don't give them that you leave room for their head to go, well, it could have been this, it could have been that, it could have been this, it could have been that. And then that's where my fear of mistakes came in because I, I thought, and again, this is this is where I could have fixed my own head, was I told myself, well, I have to be perfect. It's because I made a mistake. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. But either way, I was making a mistake. And what I think eventually happened is that they saw, well, she's not living up to the potential we thought she could hit. So we're going to take her out. I don't know if it was justified or not. To me, it wasn't justified at the time, you know, but I think that's what happened. I'm going to kind of move things in a different direction for one second um, and kind of get from Karen's perspective a moment or a a day, uh, a game, whatever it would be, where you saw Ashley kind of hit rock bottom or at a spot mentally where she was just she was really hurting for that for somebody to help her through something you know it's probably a good thing that i don't remember a specific game um i remember the good stuff (laughs) maybe that's my choice um i think that there were there were times when like ashley would get hurt she would fall or I, th- I think you got poked in the eye one time um, or that one girl, that one big girl was elbowing you, you know, and it was just like, because she wasn't able to fight it off, you know, um, I think she felt lower, you know. Um, but other than that, I don't remember a specific game, Zach. I, I, you know, it was just more, I remember specific moments, right? I remember you know, when she found out she wasn't going to be starting and Mm. the coach, you know, telling her that she didn't have the chemistry with the other um, players and me thinking that was bonkers, Mm. Um, you know, or um, when she would get, you know, taken out or, you know, switching, completely switching sports, you know, from junior to senior year of volleyball, it was the same kind of thing. She was a rising star Hmm. and little by little over the summer when you were playing with the camps and everything, which was basically practice, you know, for varsity already, um, you know, you could see her playing time coming down and, and her confidence. And, you know, it was more like had we had this conversation of, do you want to continue and sit on the bench and be upset and do all that work? to not play or do you want to go do something else with that time? Right. I re- I remember that conversation and, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. She made the choice of, I'm not going to sit on the bench. I'm going to go get ready for basketball season. Right. I'm going to go run. I'm going to go get strong. Um, you know, so maybe those, you know, not a specific game. Mm-hmm. I don't think, um, but just those key moments where things happened where, I could just see her confidence getting knocked down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what um, what do you think that you could have been doing so that if an athlete or if a parent is listening, um, and you guys can tell, right? You birthed us, <laughs> so you you know, you know when your child is declining. And yes, of course, the first thing you want to do is rescue. The first thing you want to do is support and help. 
Um, but kind of when you see your your athlete going in and she's a, a killer in one instance, and then you just see that fading away, um, knowing more about not only sports psychology, but um, having Ashley grow up, what do you want to tell people to like do? Well, and I, um, well, go see a sports psych because they, <laughs> they will help you. Um, they're going to make you or help you get to a point where you're okay with you in your game. You may be able to block out everything and play better. You may still have a bad game, right? But that's okay, right? I mean, professional athletes have bad games all the time, right? It's a very different situation when you're dealing, you know, at the high school age, right? Um, I think it, it would be be supportive. Like, you know, I was thinking about this today. Like, there was a set of parents um, that came to every game. They sat there. They didn't say a word. They didn't cheer. They didn't react. They didn't do anything. And I'm like, should I have been that? So that's like the other extreme, right? So somewhere in the middle, <laughs> right? Where you're supportive, but not pushing it. And and being able to, again, if you had that, those the tip sheet, you know, to say, you know, make an agreement to say, we're not going to talk about it in the car ride home. That's just off limits, right? Here's our going in. We're not talking about it on the car ride home, good or bad, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about it the next morning. Um, you know, not, um, you know, asking a hundred questions. Well, what about this? Well, what did she say? Give me every detail, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I do think it's difficult to understand how to be a parent in this situation, right? Because again, your instinct, your, your innate instinct is to protect, right? And, um, even if that's tough love, right? And and maybe in my head, it was like, I can't control this coach. I'm never going to control her. Um, but I can help control Ashley, mm -hmm. right? So I have to focus on what she's doing. And I should have probably done more about what are you doing well? Like her dad, her dad used to counter rebounds in his head. Oh he gosh. knew her rebounds every game. And I would counter points. Mm. I don't remember so, that. Oh my goodness! Yes, he used to count your rebounds. <laughs> That's wild because he, that was the way that she scored, right? That was what that, that was one of the main ways. And he knew he knew what was important, right? Um, so it, it, it's just maybe you know those are the kinds of things that I could have done to say, well, but you had you know fifteen rebounds or whatever, you know, um, <laughs> which would have been. Well, you know, you did this okay, you did this okay, and not focus on the bad, right? Yeah. And just lift up the good. Yeah. And one thing to add, and I want to hear what Maddie thinks because she's the outside perspective <laughs> here. But one thing to add to that too, that I think one thing that my mom and I have done really well in our relationship in like recent years, well, not so recent, but what we've learned over time is how to handle a very sensitive athlete. <laughs> So like I'm extremely sensitive, sometimes too sensitive and I'm still working on it. Um and my I don't I wouldn't say my parents aren't sensitive people. Like they they have empathy and understanding, but they are just so much more um stronger with like managing their emotions and like looking at things like logically. And at that age, imagine like I'm emotional now. Imagine 15 hormonal, 16, 17 hormonal Ashley like at the time like it probably been like, don't talk to me at all because I'm just so sensitive. Um, but I think what would have helped with having like a sports eye consultant, like I think they would have helped me mature a little faster. Like you can't, you can't, like one thing I tell my athletes now, you can't have emotions so much in sport. You have to learn how to like let it go after. Um, mm -hmm. And also like not react to everything that your parents are saying, you know, but I think, it was this balance of me be trying to be less emotional and my parents like understanding my emotions more, you know, like, cause we're, my mom and I are so different on how we handle things. There's some things where we're similar, like the exact same, but in terms of like how we handle certain situations, I'm like the emotional crier and she's like, well, let's logically fix this. And I'm, you know, I think that caused the miscommunication as well. 
Yeah, Maddie, what uh, give me some of your thoughts because I see you brewing over there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm ready. So <laughs> loving all of this, and Karen, you should get your own certification because literally, like, I've been writing down notes, and then you say it, and I'm just like, oh, like that's literally what I was just thinking. Like, um, the you mentioned like not talking about the games, good or bad, and that kind of stuck with me because it's like you're respecting both sides like you can give them like a good pat on the back be like yeah good game but then like not talk about until like an hour or two hours after that's just respecting like the athlete's emotions like good or bad because like it's giving you space because after i mean everybody gets worked up after a bad game or a bad outing like everybody's worked up and so like giving them that hour and that space to like decompress and then be able to get it all out like that's what i think is huge for parents and for athletes like what Ashley was just talking about like she's very emotional and she can't keep it all bottled up she has to get it out at some point and um in an effective way and so giving that like time after a bad game to like decompress and maybe even just like analyze what happened I think that's huge and then you mentioned also I literally like wrote these down as points to bring out and then you spoke about like it was just so perfect but you talked about focusing on her good that was literally like my number one thing because like everybody's like you said everybody has bad games professionals have bad games and it's like the athlete knows it the coach knows it the fans know it everybody freaking knows it and the loudest voice in that athlete's head is their own and so to have somebody super close to them just as close to them as like being the athlete you know um saying like well you had 15 rebounds though or you stole that ball and like saved the game winning shot. Like you did such good things. And that brings me back to the first point that you talked about how like Ashley's like good games, like when she was doing really, really well was when she was like making a difference and contributing to the game. And it's just like, you knew that that's what she needed. And so like being able to kind of instill her abilities to contribute by like you know what i'm saying like kind of right mm -hmm. bringing up her strengths that Reinforce. maybe she didn't notice yeah mm -hmm. like she could sit there and be like well i had a really bad game i didn't contribute you could be like any parent and you know i'm not just saying just you but like any parent can be like you, you contributed you did this that and the other it's like it's just adding more to them so it's not like oh i had a bad game maybe it was i just didn't play at my best that game but i still did this that and the other just kind of giving them that like positive reassurance i guess that they are still contributing and doing well yeah I, lo I love that maddie um something you said in there that spoke to me and i think might help a lot of people um you said ashley needs that time and maybe most athletes i i certainly do i i'm a i'm an internalizer i analyze on my own and i come back out when i'm ready to receive feedback mm -hmm. so i think karen you you came in it would I, it might have been different if that two hours went by and Ashley came to you because then she's right. ready to listen. She's ready to like do that. Do you guys talk to athletes about that where you say, hey, go process on your own for a second, make that boundary clear, but make sure to check back in with your parents and maybe get mm -hmm. their, I don't know, feedback on, on what you could be doing and the points that you saw, Ash? Yeah. See, it's funny when you said like, I need a minute and then I'll come talk to you because that's what you've told me in our relationship. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what's so funny is like I am now my mom like I'm like tell me what's wrong I want to know everything <laughs> and so what you've taught me it's so weird like I'm an adult doing exactly what my mom did it's like I tell my athletes this all the time but I didn't apply it to like our relationship mm -hmm. but you tell me like give me a minute I'm not gonna explain now I'll come talk to you later and how I feel when you say that, which is probably what my mom said, is like, but I, I want to know how I can fix it. Mm -hmm. If you don't tell me what's wrong, how can I fix it? Because I'm not a parent, so I, I, I can't relate. I don't have that instinct. Yeah, like that instinct of like, I have to fix it. Like, but I mm -hmm. feel that way in our relationship. I'm just really glad that I can look back at it and like understand because I think a lot of people can look back at it and not have this information and like be upset or bitter or maybe it impacts their relationship with their parents. You know what I right. mean? Right. Um, on that vein and to maybe stir the pot a little too much or a little bit of it, you know, it's fine. It's fine. Karen, from Ashley's perspective, what do you wish she did different? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, 
I, I think the biggest thing was, was to stand up for herself. Right. Um, and not just on the basketball court or dealing with basketball. Right. I, I've said that to her and many of her relationships where, um, and I think she's grown into that where she's started to become that way as an adult. Um, I learned that, you know, growing up in corporate America, you know, if you don't stand up for yourself, no one else is going to, right. Mm -hmm. You can have mentors, you can have coaches that love you. Right. But if you're not going to stand up for yourself, um, you know, it's, and, and some of that really should be translated into you're in control of what you can do. So standing up for yourself doesn't mean going in and demanding more playing time. It is doing what you need to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my bad for not trying to connect those back then, you know, we all make (laughs) mistakes as parents. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was the biggest thing is that she just seemed to take it every now and again, you know, um, just get beaten down and let it stay there and fester. Right. Mm. Um, and you could see it impact the way she played. Um, and then I think she ended up souring, you know, completely on the sport. And it was just like, then you kind of just give up, you know, it's just like, okay, it's time to move on. (laughs) Yeah. Did you fall out of love, Ash? Yeah, and my mom mentioned it earlier that there maybe wasn't one moment, but it was gradual. Like, there was just things that kept happening that made it worse. I didn't realize this at the time, but as a consultant now, I realized I was burnt out maybe sooner than I thought. So the year that I found out I wasn't starting was junior year. Later that year, I got injured towards the end of the year, and I was relieved. And I, you know, when you hear that, you're like, what? Like, cause I work with athletes all the time that are like, I need to get back. Like they are Mm. horrified that they're injured. Like they want to get back so bad. I was like, you know what? This timeout's nice (laughs) (laughs) because the environment was not great. Toxic. It was toxic for sure. But I was like, my mom said, I was let, I was not standing up for myself, taking all the punches and I was done being hit. Yeah. So I was like, good, I'm now out of the line of fire. Mm-hmm. Because what my coach didn't love this, but I definitely did my like icing and PT like during practice. Like I didn't go to <laughs> practice. <laughs> Not a good thing. Um but I I needed to escape. And then when when games were happening, I wasn't playing. I just got to watch. It was great. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. I'm not doing anything. So I think the love went away and the burnout happened before senior year even started. And that's mm-hmm. probably why most of the season was as negative as it was in my own head. Yeah. did You didn't like overtrain or anything, did you? It was all mental, really. Like mental it was burnout. strictly mental yep. burnout. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mental that's actually burnout. like a really interesting point because it's like you said you needed a break, but everyone would have looked at you and been like, well, you're not running enough. You're not, you know, you're not going to the gym enough, you know, but it wasn't a break from anything like that. It was a break from all this pressure and the anxiety and what my coach hates me. Like it sucks. Like going in, let's say you go into work and you know that your manager thinks you're, you're garbage. Like you burn out instantly, you know, like you burn out so uh-huh. fast. So um, it's relatable in a lot of contexts. Mm-hmm. I have a point to add with that too. I um, did a lot of research on athlete burnouts. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like literally back to my story, that's literally like I was feeling burned out, but I didn't, I knew the word. I didn't know what it meant. So I literally did research on it. So I was like, I'm feeling this and I have no idea what it is. And so Ashley, what I was like thinking about that related to your story was the like self-determination theory. So in long theory short, it is like athletes need the trifecta to perform at their best and it's relatedness, competence, and autonomy. You didn't have a whole lot because the coach literally said like, you don't mesh with them. So it's not even like your talent or your abilities was going to get you in the game. It was just the social aspect of it. And then competence without them speaking with you, it's like, okay, I'm making this mistakes. I'm making that mistake. Like I'm just not good enough. And then relatedness goes back to the social aspect of it. You didn't relate to your coach. You didn't relate to your teammates. So it's just like 
out of the trifecta, out of the triangle, you almost had, you had like maybe half of the three needed. So it's like, in my eyes, like no surprise that you felt burnt out because you weren't getting any of those. And it's like, your mom was helping and trying, but it's at the same time, it's like you needed some points from coaches and teammates and everything too. So kind of like a way tangent, but that's literally all I could think about while you were talking about it. That's, you know, I didn't even think about it in terms of like, I had half of one. Like, no wonder I wasn't motivated. I was just like, done, you know? Right. That's a really yeah, good you point. you burnt out fast. You're talking about in your in your first story. You were ready, JV. You were ready. You are ready to play. You are ready to, to perform well. Karen mentioned it again. That's the starting five. That should have carried in. It all fell apart in, in very, very quick fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, like, um, a lot of this seems to be Yes, like Karen had an impact, Ashley had an impact, coaches had an impact. I guess on that vein, like we can't get the perspective of the coaches. Maybe we can, maybe later someday down the road, I don't know. <laughs> but for now, we can't get the perspective of the coaches. But from both of your lens, Ashley and Karen, like what do you wish? One thing, and it'll probably be the communication piece, but maybe if there's something other than the communicate, what is one thing that you wish that coach did different for Ashley from Karen and coach did different for you for Ashley? I would say the teach me what I'm doing wrong, right? Um, coaching and, and, you know, I've never really been a coach. So, you know, here, other than in my professional life, I've been mm-hmm. a coach for tons of people, um, which is to, to help them understand how they need to get like, you need to do these things, right? Um, and as a young player or, or professional coming up, I shouldn't expect you to be good at it yet. Mm. I still need to reinforce that as to when you're going to be, and when you are good at it, then I'm going to expect more, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but, but I think that would be, you know, to teach her more, um, and maybe it would have been teaching her more about focusing on rebounds or focusing on defense and not worrying about scoring points. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that best game that she had was because of her defense. It, you know, yeah. she shut down a, a star player basically. So I think that would be it, that, that she would, you know, be taught more um, instead of just kind of relying on her natural you know, ability. And when I mean, like teach in the moment, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, practice is practice, but teach in the moment because you've got a real life example of a reaction or a natural reaction to a play or a, you know, whatever, but teach in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Not don't wait till the end of year. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't wait till your end of year review, teach in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's the old manager in me coming out. Mm -hmm. I actually really, really like that advice. Ash, what are your thoughts? I'm going to add to it, and then I have another thought, too. I think to add to what my mom said is, like, point out your athlete's strengths and let them know that you see it. So one thing, I think a lot of coaches do this, and it's not malicious. It's just on accident. Coaches, I think, are like, ooh, she's really good at this. She's really good at this. She's really good at this. So if I put these five together, it's going to be the great team because they have these five strengths. But I don't think coaches vocalize that to athletes. Like, you're in because of this strength. So I think what naturally happens is when you don't tell athletes that and then they're going into any game, hockey, basketball, volleyball, they think I am playing because of my points, my stats, my scoring, my, you know, I have to get these points because I have so many athletes who tell me that, that like coach will only keep me in or I'm only considered a good athlete if I have these points, these outcomes. But sometimes you don't score the same amount of points every game. So then you're letting your points dictate your value. What I think my, I wish my coach would have been like, you're in there because you're a really good defender and you're uh we don't expect you to score all the points to stay in not like you don't need to score but that's not what we're basing our decision on and so then one your athletes know okay it's not just about scoring and then two like 
they're seeing, oh, coach sees me. Like, I know, mom, we were talking about this the other day. You're like, the best coaches I had let me play my game. I felt like my coaches didn't let me utilize my strengths. Right. Which is, to me, the same thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. 100%. And then the second point, what happened with my coaches is they kept the starting five pretty much the same unless um, there was an injury. I think there's pros and cons to that. Pro is that there's no stress of like someone can take my position because Maddie, I know you said in softball that happens a lot where like, you know that there's like 15 girls on the bench who would take your position and they're Mm -hmm. stressed with that. Whereas if you just have the starting five set, nope, no stress. But a con of that I think is then nobody feels like there's anything that they can do to get playing more playing time or to start. Mm -hmm. And like that can demotivate a lot of people. But what you could do in that situation is say, okay, what else is valuable to the team besides playing time? So again, like, I'm not saying my coaches have to do something differently, but I would say explain why you keep the starting five the same and help your athletes feel like they're contributing to the team besides just being a starting player. So I'm going to kind of combine both of their answers a little bit. So Ashley just mentioned, like, um, coaches being sure to, like, let them know their strengths. That's for every single person on the team. That's that, like almost affirmative communication like it can be verbal or nonverbal. just like somebody does something good give them a high five even if they're not a starter or if they are a starter and they like cheered on their other teammate like that's just as huge you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like it's not it's never just starter versus non-starter it's literally like teammates on a team like one day you might need to count on somebody who would maybe not be a starter and you the, like the game's riding on them. You want them to do well, obviously you're all teammates. And so it kind of like, it takes away the starter versus the non-starter. And so as a coach, it's like really huge to make them feel like they are contributing to their team, regardless of their role or the situation that they're in. Like they need that like affirmation. They need that like encouragement that they are necessary and they are needed because everybody's like it's everybody's part of a whole it's never just five it's never just nine it's never just ten it is all parts of a whole that like are contributing so like for team cohesion for everything to like go swimmingly within your team you have to make sure that like even the people who might not be playing as much feel related feel part of the team and feel like they're contributing in some sort of way i think a key takeaway is that like for you coaches it it's not just one time, you know, like they come out, they come off the, like out of the game. And Ashley, if Ashley didn't get that reinforcement constantly, she's still going to think it's points. So like she comes out the game, you still give her a high five. You can give her a high five. You can feel like great, good D. Like you, you stop, you're shutting her down. It's amazing. I took you out to like get some rest. You can say that once, but then like the next time Ashley goes in, she's still thinking about points. It's not something that just happens like over like one time. You have to like kind of slowly work it into almost into your coaching style in a way, Mm -hmm. I I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I could be wrong on that, but the just the and getting hyped for everybody type of 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 thing should just be something you care about their success. So if you're caring about their success, you're ultimately just going to be excited for anybody that does something cool or something well, you know, um, and want to like back that up. Yeah. I have yeah, one, um, I have go one for more it, point. Yeah, yeah. This is for the athletes out there. Like, it is scary to talk to adults. At least it is for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I'm an adult and I still get scared of talking to adults sometimes. Um, if you, I'm not saying to disrespect your parents or your coaches, that's not what I'm saying, but take the power that they have out of your head a little bit. Don't give your coaches so much power in your mind. It's not to disrespect them, but they are also imperfect humans and they're going to make mistakes. They're not going to tell you every time you're out. They're not going to always say the perfect thing. So it is your responsibility to take control of your mindset because you can't control your coach. But I think what you can do is control how much influence they have over you and how much you care about their opinion. I think that's one thing I wish I would have known is like, this coach is not God. Like, (laughs) You know, I was so worried about impressing them, my coaches, that I think it it messed with me too. Like, 
I need to be perfect for them. Like it had nothing to do with like, I needed to be perfect for myself because I had these expectations on me. It was, I have to be perfect so I can impress my coaches. I think take that power away from them a little bit and just focus on like, what do you want to do? How do you want to succeed? Because then it makes you feel more in control. Um, I just want to ask Karen one more time. um, If you were to go see a sports psych for Ashley, and you have looked at her website, you've you've kind of read up on all of her stuff, you've definitely watched her TikToks. Um, <laughs> what is one skill uh, besides confidence that you think Ashley could have really benefited from having when she was playing well versus when she wasn't? What is one skill Ashley demonstrated or one mental skill that Ashley demonstrated when she was playing well versus when she wasn't? When she was playing well, she could she, you know, going back to, she was in a zone, right? When she wasn't looking at me, wasn't looking at the coach, wasn't looking at the fans. Um, when she was communicating with her teammates, you could tell when she was in the zone, right? Um, and when she just shut all of that, that noise out, you know, um, I mean, you and I, Zach, talked about the World Cup, right? And this, this, the the guys taking the penalty shots. You could see that they were blocking everything out, and they yep. were mentally preparing, right? It was nothing more anymore. They knew they had the skill, mm-hmm. right? It was about them getting ready, and and she was when she was in that zone she was unstoppable, right? Uh, When she wasn't, when I could, you know, when she would look up at me and roll her eyes (laughs) and I would roll my eyes back, you knew she was worried about what I was thinking, right? When she wasn't looking at me, then I knew she was just kind of in the zone. So I would say, find that way to get in the zone. Um, and, And maybe it's the armor, maybe it's, you know, whatever you do to mentally you know, pregame, um, that has got to be tremendously helpful. You know, if you can help get the athletes to, to do that where they're playing in their zone, mm. unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Ash, what about your perspective? What's something that you now looking back, and we might have covered it a little bit, but what's something that you wish you had because you did speak on confidence? That's different from what she said or just to yep, add on? Different from what she said and different from confidence. I have one in mind. That's why I'm asking. I'm just curious. That was that was a really good one. Um, I think it's, a, it's back to giving coaches and other people power. I wish I was able to validate myself more. Because there were sometimes games where I felt like I did okay. And like I even though I wasn't scoring, I, I still felt like I contributed to the team. But then I would still, like, talk to my parents after, be like, I didn't score. Da-da-da-da. You know, like, because mm-hmm. I think for a couple of reasons, like, I could have scored more. Like, there was a passing issue. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know. A little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think I was just focusing on, like, what was going wrong versus, like, what I was contributing. And cool. I think I should have focused on that more. Maddie, do you have any additional or ending thoughts for, for Ashley and Karen here? Gosh, I like, I just don't want to continue saying what we've been talking about. So I really, I don't have much to add. I really don't. This was a great conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of definitely like moments where you can feel the, the care, the love, the, the energy that you guys have. Uh, between each other um so yeah i think i'm gonna wrap it up there ashley do you have any karen do you have anything else you'd like to share with anybody listening no call call uh mastery performance consulting <laughs> <laughs> they're great there's the shout out i've been looking for yes. <laughs> it's subscribe yes. <laughs> That's our outro is my mom. <laughs> Absolutely. Subscribe. Subscribe. I love it. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. No, I mean, no. I don't have anything else to add. I feel like we covered everything. And I think the biggest takeaway is that 
now that we have talked about it, like, look at what can come. Like, look how productive of a conversation this was. There's no anger. There's no frustration. It's just, it's what happened. And this what we this is what we could have done differently. So we hope that you can take something from this to apply it while you're playing now so that this relationship can happen now if your, if your relationship with your parent right now is frustrating or parents, mm-hmm. you're frustrated with your athletes. Awesome. Yeah, great points. Um, anyway, guys, that's going to do it for episode five of the Mastery Performance Podcast. Holy cow, we're at five already. <laughs> um, if you enjoyed, once again, like Karen mentioned just a second ago, hit that subscribe button, click the little notification bell. If you're on Spotify, make sure to follow us and do all the fun things there. If once we eventually get you onto Apple Podcasts, make sure to subscribe there as well and make and leave some comments and react to the podcast. Um, I've been your host. This has been your cast. We enjoyed having and talking with you guys. If there's any reason or need to reach out, make sure you do so. We're available through our website. We're also available on uh, through email and text. Um, Anyway, that does it for episode five. Thank you all for listening. Till next time.